0: Alright, what's going on, people? It's your boy G-Money, a.k.a. G Smo. This is that Keeping the G podcast. You know, um, I know I've been lagging on, you know, dropping content and dropping episodes. But you know, I'm still a little upset with Anchor, you know, because like two or three podcasts ago, I had a raw-ass episode, you know, when I was with Cook at the gun range. You know, of course, he got his own podcast, so make sure y'all check it out. That's that Gun Show Lounge podcast. But anyhow, you know, I right now I'm a little, I'm not going to say stuffed up, but, you know, my energy's bothering the hell out of me. So that's why I sound the way I sound. You know, so it ain't like I'm trying to sound like, you know, sexy as how certain people would say I'm trying to sound, you know. But anyway, you know, this is my regular voice. You know, I'm just a little... I guess, you know, trying to get decongested or whatever the case may be, so. But anyhow, uh, this is the latest episode of the Keeping the G podcast, episode 14. You know, I'm not going to try to talk too crazy or whatever, but, you know, just cover a few things that Breeze don't buy, you know. And again, of course, you know, I had mad content I wanted to drop over the past couple weeks, but, you know... Me being the father, of course, you know, that, you know, gets in the way. And I'm not saying it begrudgingly or whatever. But, you know, um, things like that come first. So, you know, and then plus amongst other personal things I got to deal with. But anyhow, anyway, you know, a lot of stuff been happening lately. So, you know, I want to talk about that. You know, things like um, the whole situation with. Um, X, 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 extension, you know, um, hopefully I'm saying it right. You know, some people call him extension, you know, some people call him triple X, you know, obviously he was just killed, you know, and to me, it's a fortunate set of circumstances that happened with that. So, you know, I want to talk about that. Um, also, you know, obviously I'm a big time wrestling fan, you know, this past weekend, which was Father's Day weekend. You know, I managed to go to an independent wrestling show, you know, basically ran by Gangrel. I don't know if, you know, of course, if you're a wrestling fan, you know, you would know who Gangrel is or whatever. So talk about my, you know, that was basically my first time going to an independent show, an independent wrestling show. So, you know, it was decent, you know, it was something new, you know, like seeing... You know basically getting it from the mud so to speak so i'll talk a little bit about that and of course you know talk a little bit about you know i guess the wwe you know and you know again you know obviously i'm a wrestling fan so you know that's the type of stuff i'm into you know so i'm gonna talk a little bit about that so you know and of course give a few shout outs you know to a few of my listeners you know, Lord listeners. So, this guy keeping it G on uh, episode 14. Let's go. Alright, so, um, yeah, this past week, of course, you know, some unfortunate news in the hip-hop world. Triple um, X, you know, as some people call them, or I guess you could say XXX Extension or Extension, passed away of course here in South Florida in the Deerfield area of in Brown County you know um, born January January 23rd 1998 of course he passed away um, June 18th 2018 only 20 years old you know um, of course his government name was Josiah Dwayne Arfroy you know now I'll be honest with you, me personally, I mean, it ain't, like, I'm not saying, I damn sure don't wish no death on anybody, you know what I'm saying, but, you know, it's to the point where people take a lot of this stuff when it comes to, like, music or whatever the case may be, like, I guess, extremely serious, my personal opinion, like, and, like, it goes a little deeper than I guess, you know what I'm saying, rapping about certain things, but like in the sense where well okay, what I'm trying to say is and mind you I don't necessarily listen to this type of music, you know, because that's a lot of the new stuff. So, you know, and you know, I was born in eighty four, so I kinda got a different, you know, type of music I listen to when it comes to hip hop. But, you know, you know, the kid and I guess I'll use that term loosely. You know, for the most part, I was rapping about, you know, when is this going to be his last breath? And, you know, you know, depicting certain things like, you know, suicidal thoughts and all that. And I guess I'm just kind of paraphrasing, and I'm going off of, you know, what other, I guess, websites or blogs would say in reference to his music. So, you know... I can't really pinpoint or dictate or, like, I guess express everything that this is man-rapped about, you know. But, you know, some people will kind of look at it as, like, you know, somewhat of a satanic type of vibe when it came to his music, you know. And, you know, other people felt like his music was, I guess, beneficial to their livelihood, you know. I can't say I agree nor could I say I disagree. Um and but the part where I'd say I would say i heavily disagree on is, you know, how some people compare him to like, you know, Tupac, saying that he's he was like the modern day version of Tupac. Mind you, I'm not gonna say I'm the biggest pop fan in the world. You know, I was a fan of his music, you know, and I'm not saying it was like I don't fuck with Tupac no more, you know? But at the end of the day, you know, and it might be a generational thing, you know, but there's never going to be no other Pac. There's never going to be another Biggie, you know what I'm saying? Certain artists could try to, you know, mimic their styles or try to come as close as they can to... Pac and Biggie but those are those are like the once in a lifetime artists that and like nobody could ever come close that's just my personal opinion but people gotta remember every era got you know their I guess Pac and Biggie in a sense you know I mean I was a kid I was 13, 14 years old and you know like Pac and Biggie was like, you know, running things, so to speak, you know. And, you know, to this day, like, Pac and Biggie influence runs deep through the roots of hip hop, you know. But, you know, every generation got, you know, their I guess the rappers that they cling on to, so to speak. You know, obviously when I was coming up and, you know, I'm looking at it one sided, you know, once Park and Biggie passed, you know, obviously Jay-Z took over, you know, and and of course the South started to become more prominent, you know, with like Master P and, you know, I mean, they, they had plenty of artists around doing their thing. They had their time and, you know, their different eras or, you know, time frames when they was doing their thing. But For me to Compare Or To hear people And I guess It's It's a young age thing You know Certain people actually Comparing Triple X I'm gonna call him Triple X Cause Trying to say the XXX extension Or whatever Doesn't really roll off My tongue People trying to Make it seem like He's The New Pac Or modern day Pac Or whatever And Like You can't do that Like that's unfair, granted, you know, Tupac's no longer here, you know, just like Triple X ain't it's is no longer here. But don't get too carried away trying to make those type of comparisons, you know. And it's like it's like for example how, you know, Michael Jordan. Once in a lifetime player, granted, they had players such as like Will Chamberlain and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar back in the days. But, you know, even people in those eras that watch Kareem and Wilt Chamberlain and, you know, players such as those guys back in the day do their thing, a lot of them could look into the, I guess, look past that and see Michael Jordan. And Jordan was the one I grew up watching, you know, there was nothing like Jordan. And I wasn't even a Jordan fan, to be honest with you. You know, me growing up in New York, you know, obviously I was a Knicks fan. You know, and it was tough. I had to always watch Jordan, you know, tear the Knicks' asses up or whatever. You know. And, you know, I obviously Patrick Goon was my favorite player growing up, you know. And I know those that know me, of course, if they hear this episode and hit me use a Patrick Ewing reference, they probably gonna eat me up, but hey, it is what it is. I mean, that's that was my favorite player because the Knicks were my team growing up, you know, and I'm sticking to my guns. You know, that was my favorite player growing up, so. But anyhow, you know, that's like, you know, again, Jordan, to me, greatest of all time when it came come to basketball but then you had guys like Kobe. Now Kobe straight up, well, I mean, probably not now, but it's been said that he patterned his style of Jordan. And obviously you could see that, you know, but Kobe was not Jordan, you know, he, he was basically uh, like, I'm not going to say he was a garbage copy because Kobe was not garbage point blank period. You know, some people try to say he was a garbage version of Jordan. You can't say that, you know. Kobe just patterned his style heavy to how Jordan was, you know, in the story. So, now, like, a lot of these youngsters or young kids or whatever trying to make it seem like Triple X was pretty much the new pop. Well, Pac, sorry. You know what I'm saying? I'm over here saying pop, you know. But I wholeheartedly disagree with that, you know, and... You know, those that hear this, if they feel like it's a problem, hey, it's it's just my opinion. You can't make that comparison. Me personally, I would say a person like Camouflage out of Savannah, Georgia, who passed away in 2003. Now, and it's another trend, like, people clamor or, you know, run after and, you know, put these rappers that, you know, that started to build the buzz... Boom, and they're passing away. They start to hold them in high regard, which I mean, it's natural for it to happen. But a person like Camouflage, you know, one of the most pure, greatest talents, in my opinion, and of course, it's my opinion, that could have blown up. Like, he started to have his buzz coming out of Savannah, Georgia. And unfortunately, he met his untimely demise. In two thousand three. You know, yeah I graduated high school. Camouflage of course was influenced by Tupac. So if you pay attention to or you try to like closely listen to how camouflage will flow, it sounded like Pac. You know, and it's not no knock to camouflage at all, you know, God bless the dead, you know, but he sounded a little bit like Pac. You know, obviously with a little Southern slang or whatever the case may be But At the end of the day I'm not going to be over here saying Oh, you know Count Flowers was the new pop at that time Which, listen You can't make those type of comparisons I mean it, I, I just don't understand Why people tend to do that kind of thing so now obviously triple x you know it's crazy the fact that he passed away now boom all his songs literally jumping like crazy on on the billboard charts you know everything shooting like number one you know now job again i'm not gonna see him pinpoint and say i know all his songs you know I, I know he has a song, "Look at me," or "Look at me now," or whatever. But you know, I'm not, I'm not berating or saying anything negative towards the man, you know, because the man is no longer with us, you know. But you know, I'm not gonna. I can't sit there and agree with how certain people will say. He was the new Tupac or the modern-day Tupac. Of course, you wait till he passed to say that, you know. I mean, that, that, that's just straight-up foolishness, in my opinion. So, but all that I can say is, you know, um, may he rest in peace, of course. You know, so fortunate that, you know, what happened to him happened. And, you know, from what was being gathered or whatever... Information wise, you know, on the news and whatnot, they got a suspect, you know, in his shooting. A person by the name of Dedrick Williams, you know, they say he worked as a tattoo artist or whatever. Um, They're saying that he's responsible for Triple X's death. You know, they booked him off first degree murder, you know, probation violation. So he got no bond, you know, just by the fact that he violated his probation. You know, and then of course booked our first degree. So and it's a matter of time before, you know, other pieces to the puzzle gets added on, you know. So that's like the first domino that fell. So I mean we'll see how this thing goes. But, you know, only thing I can say, rest in peace to Triple X, you know. Uh he had big time buzz. Um had a house he was, he basically just moved into, that yeah, he purchased for 1.4 million um, in the Parkland area, you know, of Florida, you know. So it's unfortunate, you know, this man had a, you know, a long career ahead of him. You know, and granted, I don't listen to the music of his, you know, but, you know, this is a new day, new era, you know, the type of music that he was making, you know, was for the young crowd. And, you know, people literally have been shaken by his death. Like, memorials are placed everywhere, like, pretty much throughout the country. You know, if you look on Worldstar, you'll see people literally, you know, celebrating his life and whatnot. And I I know a few teenagers personally that were literally shaken by his death and you know it's a a little puzzling to me you know um i i don't get it i i don't understand but i mean you know i guess you know they had a connection to triple x and you know i don't knock them you know again i i don't listen to his music per se you know and another thing um you know of course a lot of the stuff he was rapping about you know it basically came to fruition and unfortunately he met his untimely demise now it should serve as a wake-up call too for a lot of these new artists that's out here doing the stupidity or rapping about stupidity and you know living their life a certain way guys like especially like that takashi Six Nine dude that really should have served as a wickle call for him, because this man's trolling like a mug, and by trolling like he's out here talking all kind of reckless shit. You know what I'm saying? Trying to fuck with niggas like Chief Keef or whatever. And you know, I'm not over here saying that you know Chief Keef is this brouhaha or Mister ready to you know do certain things, but you know, coming out of Chicago, you know, it's a lot, like, man, listen, when I look at Takashi 6 9 straight up and down, that's, like, someone that get hard on the camera, talking all kind of shit or whatever, you know, because social media shit is, to me, is an extension of high school, that's how I look at it, you know. So, you want to get on the camera, talk all reckless, boo-ha-ha, whatever the case may be, talking all that rah-rah shit. You know what I'm saying? He walking around with Chief Keith BM and all that. You know, now she done injected herself in this shit or whatever. You know, at the end of the day, people going to be out here trying to come for your head now. 6 9 ain't got... That to worry about as long as he got a security team. Now, you may not see them on camera or whatever, but behind that camera, he got security watching his every move. Yes, you know what I'm saying? Looking out for him, you know, because there's no way in hell I'm going to be beefing or start some beef with somebody and go through their hood trying to act a certain way, you know, even if they hood don't necessarily, you know vouch for, for them like that, but at the end of the day, I'm not going to put myself in harm's way or put myself in a, in a spot where I know I ain't got no business being in. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got nothing to prove with that. So, but whatever. I mean, it is what it is, but you know, but definitely, I mean, condolences to the family of Triple X, you know, and you know, unfortunately, he made his own Tommy demise, and I I personally don't wish that on anybody, you know. So, but, um, you know, of course, his music gonna live on. You know, people still gonna be listening to his music. So, I mean, it is what it is, you know. R.I.P. to the man, you know, and, you know, <sighs> Unfortunately, you know, he met his untimely demise. You know, I I really much, I, I pretty much ain't got much else to say in regards to that. You know, his passing been met with feedback of whether it's negative, positive, you know, all kind of feedback. So, but, you know, RIP to the man, Triple X, man. I, um, uh Okay this past weekend You know of course This was Father's Day weekend or whatever Um you know WWE ran Of course money in the bank You know that that money in the bank Pay per view which was okay I mean I give it a C grade You know But Just my personal opinion I feel like The NXT product Is starting to look a lot better than Raw and SmackDown, you know. what I'm saying now. Of course, people probably listen like NXT. Product. What you talking about? You know. Of course, WWE. You know the way they operate. You know they they trying to have their hands on everything. You know. So of course they got their. Um, I guess you wanna you could look at it as a third brand, you know, which is NXT. You know, and, of course, you know, they be having their, I guess you could say their pay-per-views, you know. And this past weekend was NXT TakeOver Chicago 2. So, <coughs> so, of course, I seen it because, you know, I got the WWE Network on my phone or whatever. So, I was able to see it, you know, while I was at work, you know, of course, I was tripping, but whatever. You know, I, I had to catch it live. But, anyway, um, you know, you you see a little bit of the mess-ups here and there or whatever. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's... How it's presented, it's like, um, you could say like a minor league wrestling type of thing, but with a major league feel, you know, because they pretty much... You know, granted, it's on their network and you kind of have to subscribe to it or whatever. But it has, like, that big league feel. And when I say big league, is like, you know, you basically still, even though eventually these guys are, these guys and women, of course, working their way to get on the main roster of Raw and SmackDown. But I don't think it hurts to be on NXT now. Nah. NXT TakeOver Chicago, tight work, in my opinion. You know, I I give it an A-, minus. you know, and I'm not trying to, you know, downgrade it or whatever. It's, they had a few mess-ups or whatever, like, with the um, Aleister Black and Lars Sullivan match. You know, obviously, he missed the Black Mass that first time, and Lars still sold it, you know, and, you know, the, the crowd's like, oh, you fucked up, you fucked up, but... He made up for it by hitting the black mask again. You know, the second one was... I think he hit him in the shoulder. And then that third one where he actually connected with the head. You know, and... and That's a tough move to take. You know, basically a spinning kick to the face. You know, like... I think it's worse than the... Things like the sweet chin music or the machka kick. You know? So... But, um... That that was a good match, you know, and I'm jumping all over or whatever. And, um, the tag team match with um, the Undisputed Era and, you know, Danny Burch and uh, the other dude escapes me. Um, One, uh damn it. One Lurch or a bunch, I, I can't, his name escapes me, but that was a good match. They had a top rope apron spot where I think it was... Roderick Strong or Kyle O'Reilly threw one of the dudes off the um, top turnbuckle and he basically did a back body drop onto the apron. Now, the apron is the hardest part of the um, ring, and NXT got so much apron spots, you know, even going back, um, going fast forward to the um, Lars Sullivan, um, Alistair Black match where Lars Sullivan did a scoop slam onto the apron, you know, so uh, on Aleister Black, and that to me was fucking nuts. You know, I, I I couldn't believe seeing that, and, you know, of course, um, to me, the match that I guess stole the show was Velveteen Dream and Ricochet. Ricochet, obviously, he was going to go over, you know, but Velveteen Dream is... Nothing to be messed with, you know This man got like a crazy looking swing of DDT Where like hey, He'll take anybody out with the one-two-three, You know, like it's A crazy ass variation Like you would think he's going for like a, a Sister Abigail The way he positions you But then he twists his arm To grab you behind your neck And then of course he Swings with that emphatic DDT And you know like star like you got no choice but to sell that if that gets put on you you know so that to me was the match that stole the show of course they had a suplex spot where he suplexed Ricochet Ricochet was sitting on the top turnbuckle and of course Velveteen, Velveteen about I want to say six four you know really you know got muscle like you know what I'm saying? 6'4", a little over 200 or whatever. He basically took Ricochet and stood him up somewhat of a delay suplex onto the floor. Now, I know there's a little bit of padding, but, man, that's like, that. that's a hard spot to take, you know, and you won't see nobody on Raw or SmackDown on rosters taking spots like that, so it was like... These dudes in NXT, they hungry. You know what I'm saying? And, granted, you know, it all comes down to whoever's in charge is the ones whether or not they're going to put you in these spots or whatever. But, hey, um, at the end of the day, these dudes in NXT, they are going to light up the main roster. You know what I'm saying? So, But those matches, I mean... And not to say that the Shayna Baszler and Nikki Cross match didn't mean anything that I mean, uh, Shayna Baszler was hitting hard with the knees, you know what I'm saying? She was I I, I wanna say she she connected a, quite a few times. I don't know how Nikki Cross wasn't bleeding in the nose or, you know, in the mouth or whatever, but she took a whole bunch of knee strikes to the face, so so no titles of course changed hands at NXT TakeOver, Chicago too, you know, but another match well, okay. Let me take that back. Uh the Velveteen Dream and Ricochet match was a I, I loved every bit of that match. But I I I totally slept on mentioning the Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa street fight, you know, everything that they did, like, what, like, you know, when I say they told a story on that match, they told a story, you know, and, you know, from, you know, Gargano hitting the white noise, and he, he has a different name for it, like, it's the same move Sheamus does, where he basically puts you on the shoulder, but, you know, puts you like slides you back down and with, with the right hand, but with the left hand, he grabs your head so, like, your your head is by the waist and he basically drops you back or whatever. Not really like a Samoan drop, but you know, it's almost like you're on you're spread up on your opponent's back, you know, in a diagonal form or whatever. So, um, so you know, Gargano did that off of like some, I guess, um, some of the equipment, or the stage equipment, and landed through a table. Now, they wrestled for about, I wanna say 20, 25 minutes, and it's like, it was non-stop hard-hitting from bell to bell, you know? And at one point where Tommaso ended up ripping up the ring, to expose the hardwood under the padding, and obviously Gargano came, and you know they ended up wrestling, and then of course that white noise spot, you know, off the um, stage equipment and whatnot. stretcher crew came, well, paramedics or whatever to get um, Tommaso, but of course Gargano was like, nah, this this can't go this way. You know, of course, they already had uh, Tommaso on the stretcher. Gargano took him to to the ring or whatever. Eventually ended up cuffing him, you know, had his hands behind him or whatever. And, you know, lo and behold, long story short, um, you know, after going back and forth or whatever, and, you know, backstage agents trying to keep Gargano from beating on um, Chopper, some more, you know. Chopper eventually got his arms in front of him. And when Tommaso tried to get back in the ring, you know, that's when Tommaso came. I mean, when Gargano got um, Chopper in the ring, that's when uh, um, Chopper came grabbed him and hit him with a DDT. Mind you, he's still cuffed or whatever, but his hands in front of him. Uh, DDT'd him onto the wood To the plywood or whatever Nobody seen that coming And that's one thing about this match They they told that story to the team You know, and of course, mind you um, Gargano knocked out Ref looking like, damn what the And then Chopper just slithered on to Gargano And he said, man, count Ref had no choice but to count the one, two, three, you know. So from bell to bell, you know, that that match is what took TakeOver, you know, at least in my opinion, to that A minus because I would have gave maybe a B, but you know it just leveled it the A minus in my opinion, you know. So NXT Takeover two, perfect like it was great, you know. Now. Whereas with WWE Money in the Bank, I give it a C grade. I mean, it was I right. I missed the Gallows and Anderson versus the Bludgeon Brothers match. Um of course, um, you know, them boys put the Bludgeon Brothers over, you know, they having them like, you know, this most dominant tag team or whatever. That was on the kickoff. So I mean, so I didn't really miss much with that match, you know. Um, also, one um, well, of the matches they had, well, you know, I'm bouncing all over the place. AJ versus <coughs> um, Shinsuke Nakamura, last man standing. You know, match was a little dull from time to time, but it started to pick up, especially when um, Shinsuke was outside and... You know, first off, AJ hit him with a fucking um, Styles Clash off the um, steps. Now, I was a little shocked to see that. Might just get about 6'3", kind of linky, But, and AJ about 5'10", maybe, I want to say. They say he might be 5'9", but he's about 5'10". So, so, you know, that's not an easy move to hit on somebody that's over 6'2". You know, so... And with him hitting that, like, off the stage, I mean, off the steps, that, that wowed me, you know, so, that was crazy in itself, um, Daniel Bryan beat, um, Big Cass, you know, of course, the women's money in the bank, uh, Alexa Bliss ended up winning that, that match was all over, up and down, a lot of craziness, crazy highlights, you know, so, Bliss got put over. You know, she ended up cashing in later on in the night when Nia Jax defended the title against Ronda Rousey. Now, one thing about Ronda Rousey, she is really picking up this wrestling thing. You know, she's a former MMA chick, formerly UFC. She going into the Hall of Fame, of course. The first woman to be in the UFC Hall of Fame, of course. But... You know, she's picking up the psychology and basically learning how to work. And not not just um in WWE, but just wrestling, period. Because, you know, it's an entertainment thing. You know, now nah, some people want to call it fake or whatever. Even my son, he's calling wrestling fake. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it, it's more of an illusion how you're putting it together. Like, you telling stories with the presentation of... Being physical, but even though you're not literally being physical, you're still being physical. It's it's hard for a non-wrestling fan to understand. So, but um, so you know, of course, Alexa Bliss, you know, cast in on them and she became champion. And with the men's Money in the Bank match, you know, Braun Strowman got put over. You know, he won. You know, he essentially kind of dominated the match. You know, with the exception of, you know, of course, when they took him out and he was basically laying under a pit of ladders or whatever. So, um, that one spot where Bra was climbing the ladder and Kofi did a spring, you know, Kofi Kingston did a um, springboard onto from the back. Like, that was hilarious in itself. So, you know, of course, you got, when you're having those kind of matches, Kofi Kingston got to be in them, you know, so. But, you know, money in the bank, um that paper view, I give it a C grade, you know, overall, you know. That's just my opinion, you know, I give it a C grade. You know, but I mean, you know, it was decent, um, but just overall, when it comes to NXT and their day before um WWE main pay per views, like, they put on a hell of a show and you know, people People, like, certain performers that you have on NXT, like, I feel like, I mean, granted, eventually they're going to be elevated to main roster status, but seeing guys like Ricochet, Velveteen Dream, Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, you know, Aleister Black right now, you know, seeing these guys on NXT, they're... They're making it a strong brand, you know. And, like, might as well call it the third brand of WWE, you know. So, I mean, just my personal opinion. Again, I apologize, you know, my sinus is bugging, so. So, y'all bear with me on this podcast, you know. So, but, you know, that's just my opinion, you know. NXT running... It granted, it's under the same umbrella, same entity or whatever, but NXT shows to me are better than the main roster like the WWE Raw and WWE SmackDown or whatever. That's just my opinion. So, but you know, in all, I mean, you know, NXT take over Chicago, A-minus, you know, it wasn't perfect, but it was close, you know, and Money in the Bank, C for me. So, but anyhow, um, also wanted to touch base about um, seeing as how I'm on the, you know, subject of wrestling or whatever. Of course, I went to my first independent wrestling show, you know, Gangrel's Wrestling Asylum, you know. And I'm not sure if, you know, I know that's the name of his school, you know, it was his... Students, of course, who was participating in the show, you know, and when I say participate, I mean performing, you know, Um, of course, the um, GFA champion um, at the time, the British Wolf, you know, black dude with dreads, you know, resembles Kofi Kingston from when he was playing up to the Jamaican stereotype, you know. Went against a dude by the name of Chico Adams, you know. And, of course, Chico Adams ended up winning the title, you know, of course, on some cheating stuff or whatever. So, but, you know, in all, I wasn't expecting much from the show. You know, of course, Gangrel, like, I wasn't expecting, like, I didn't have, like, a wide variety of big expectations, you know. But it was cool going to my first independent wrestling show, Gangrel. Fought one of his students by the name of Abel, you know Abel probably about six six, but you know of course, with his stature, he looks like it could be six, eight six, nine, you know, but you know that's the whole illusion of everything or whatever yeah, um outside manager got involved in the match, tried to hit gangrel in the head with a stick, gangrel duck, Abel gets hit. And then, of course, Gangrel rolls them up. One, two, three. You know, got the victory, of course. So, but it, was, it was a cool experience, you know. But, you know, definitely they're going to be running another show July 22nd. That's going to be on a Sunday for 4 p.m. You know, the address is 1982 Tiger Boulevard, you know, warehouse number nine. So, you know, it's running up in warehouses. You know, in Daniel Beach, Florida I don't got the zip off the top of my head But, you know um, I will be there So, you know, hopefully, you know For all them independent wrestling fans You know what I'm saying It's a show You'd want to be interested in You know, if you want to get your I guess Independent wrestling show Goings on or whatever So, you know, but I mean, it was cool I mean could I give it a grade? I mean, there's a couple of mishaps, you know. Just like, you know, I guess the main event they had, you know, it was a women's tag match, and I can't remember too much of the um, females' names, you know, because once the match starts to go to hell, like to me, I you, you lose me after a while, so it's not worth trying to store. Like all I all I can remember is. A lot of the mishaps where those drop kick spots and you know the females are just stand there. <laughs> it's like it's like you got hit with a drop kick, you're supposed to basically fall down, but, you know, again that's students, you know, trying to learn and hone and protect or I mean perfect the crafts, you know, so, you know, I'm not gonna sit there and hate on them, it is what it is. So, but, I mean, it was cool, nice experience. First time going to an independent wrestling show. I'm definitely going to be at the July show, you know. And, of course, a week after that, you know, July 30th, I'll be at the American Airlines Arena for Monday Night Raw. You know, me and the whole fam going to go. So, um, you know, every time they come down to South Florida, whether it's dead or broward, even if, Palm, if they up in Palm Beach, you know, at the end of the day you know i try to make them shows because i'm a big time wwe wrestling fan i mean you know wrestling overall you know but definitely i try my best not to miss them because it's a whole different experience going live you know just my opinion you know but anyhow oh and one more thing jumping back into the wwe situation um well wwe thing um i have my opinion they Okay, my thing is this, on Raw, you know, I just recently, of course, um, Dolph Ziggler beat Seth Rollins. Cool, I ain't got no problem with that. My problem with what they got going on on Monday Night Raw right now is the Universal Championship is never defended on that, and there's nowhere to be found. Why? Because Brock Lesnar has that title. Now, Brock can be good for business, but right now, he's essentially holding that title hostage. And you hear it all the time where wrestlers throwing shade and throwing shots, you know, and guys like Roman Reigns. And even recently, Bobby Lashley, you know, they got their little, when they cut in promos, they, you know, they got their little jabs they throw, you know. And, yeah, it's supposed to be like a shoot-style promo when I say shoe styles like, you know, it's supposed to sound real, but people thinking, oh, they just talking or whatever, you know, at the end of the day these guys truly feel the way they be portraying on these promos, especially like with the situation. And I'm saying this with with the whole situation, like Brock Lesnar. He has whatever contract WWE was stupid enough to get this man Now Essentially It's hurting the product You know Even My thing is Brock ain't necessarily gotta defend the title Every time You see him But Just show up You know Be seen Be on camera You know what I'm saying Cause I mean Eventually Brock Once his contract is up He probably gonna eventually go to UFC You know he still got, he still um, obligated to UFC. But if WWE gonna keep giving them free money, you know, why why not take it? You know, and I don't blame Brock with that. You know, I'm gonna get your bread. But at the end of the day, you kind of hurting WWE. I mean, granted, I mean, a publicly traded company, whatever. You know, they sitting on millions on top of millions. You know, but from a true fan core. Or a core fan base To me It's kind of unjust With how they doing it But You know Eventually that title Gonna have to come off him Cause now they're saying that Brock may not be at SummerSlam So I was like Okay When the hell is he gonna drop the title? Y'all gonna wait till Next year WrestleMania 35? Like Nobody gonna care Like you trying to legitimize The Universal Championship But it's been away for God knows how long, you know, and you know that unwritten rule in wrestling where you're supposed to defend the title at every thirty days, at least once every thirty days. And if you don't do it, you should be stripped of the title. And Brock should have been stripped of that title a long time ago. I understand WWE wanted. It's like they try to legitimize him breaking CM Punk's active. Well, I guess his streak of holding the title one. He held the WWE Championship for 434 days. And now Brock eclipsed that. But he barely defended the title. You could, y'all could, you could check the stats. You know, go on WWE.com and pull it up or Google whatever. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, but of course that was WWE being petty. So Brock is act like right now in the modern era... The longest reigning champion, but to me it don't mean shit. Cause for one, it's the universal title, which is all it is is a make up a made up title anyway. You know, it's essentially the replacement of the world title, but they're trying to build it or have this build around it like it's a it's a true title that means something, you know. And I mean, I can't agree with that. The title that means something right now. Is what AJ Styles has, and he's the champion on SmackDown, the WWE champion. You know that title means something. Hell, even in other promotions like right now, um, NWA, Nick Aldis is the champion, the NWA champion, ten pounds of gold. He has that New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, Kenny Omega, he's the, he's the IWGP Heavyweight Champion. He he finally beat Okada at Dominion Nine. You know that same period that same event where Chris Jericho also won their Intercontinental Championship you know so like those are the titles that mean something but this you know I mean the Universal Championship I mean you know they slapped that on Brock Brock Brock. I don't think he truly cares you know but as long as that money in his bank account hey it's whatever they could going to give him a pink title. it probably talk that like it, it means something. But, I mean, you know, they just got to get it together. My personal opinion, I think, when it comes to the whole Brock situation, I would just kind of, not to be nasty or whatever, but like, at least... He should be made aware of it, like if, especially if he's leaving WWE for good, do a screw job. Let him go out on a screw job. Same way they did Brett in Montreal. Do the same thing with Brock. Only difference I would think Brock would know, you know, do a screw job. Now I don't know if you could do it with like say like Roman, but do it to where it's gonna be somewhat of a double turn even though Brock will be on his way out. But do it to somebody that's going to play up to the hill tactics. Or become a heel. So. A guy like say, Seth Rollins turning back hill. I mean he's having a good baby face run right now. But. know something like that. You know. Because the crowd. I mean it's believable seeing Roman as a champion. But. I don't know if you're going to hurt Roman. By doing something like that. But. I just want them to take the title off of Brock, just my personal opinion, you know. And another thing, of course, um, this past week, Big Cass got released. You know, he had a whole bunch of issues going on in WWE backstage, you know, going into business for himself, you know. I mean, first Enzo, now Big Cass, you know. It would be crazy to see them boys link back up on the independent scene. I'd love to see that, you know. So, um Hope will we ever see Big Cash back in the WWE ring? You know, they ain't even wish him well on his future endeavors. So, you know, it ain't looking like he'll eventually come back. But it is what it is. But those are my takes on, you know, NXT Chicago 2, Money in the Bank, Brock Lesnar Universal Championship situation. You know, so it is what it is. All right, last but not least... You know, I want to give a couple shout-outs, um, you know, to a few of my loyal listeners, you know. But um, before I do, of course, man, those that listen to this, man, don't hesitate. Share, you know, whether whatever social media platform you are, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, you know what I'm saying. Um, whatever, man, just share, you know, send a text message, Sure, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, spread the love, you know, show a little love or whatever. Anyway, um, you know, shout out to them boys at the gig, of course, you know, Money Mel, you know, Cook, who also got, again, the Gun Show Lounge podcast, you know what I'm saying? Very informative, you know what I'm saying? Katie, or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Y'all boys, you know, appreciate y'all always showing the podcast love, you know. Of course, uh, round the way, home girl, um, Fat Kitty, was up? You know what I'm saying? Appreciate you always showing love on the podcast, you know what I'm saying. Um, yeah, man, everybody that, you know what I'm saying, um, always tuning in. Of course, um, Rock, you know what I'm saying, appreciate you um, checking in listening to the podcast. You know, so, you know, from time to time, you know, I just be wanting to give shout outs, you know. Of course, my dog, Rick Don. you know. Um, of course, I'm still always calling him Block Burner, you know what I'm saying. Appreciate you. Checking in on the podcast, you know And we're overdue for another episode So, you know, I definitely gotta Link up with Rick You know, cause we gotta chop it up You know, about some things You know And, um Not trying to change the subject, of course But, you know um, I've been I know it sounds like a broken record But, you know, music soon to drop You know, back in the studio Trying to get things you know, fine-tuned, so back on my G shit, we'll see the light of day, you know what I'm saying, so, um, you know, y'all be on the lookout, so, um, leave y'all with one of, uh, I'm not gonna say this is gonna be on, on, um, mixtape or whatever, but, you know, uh, well, nah, you know what, okay, I'll put the intro, you know, for those that's wondering, how my mixtape gonna sound or whatever. It's gonna be the intro to my mixtape, so y'all check it out. You know, of course hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, you know, official G Money One, you know, let me know what y'all think, you know. And hey this episode fourteen, keeping the G podcast. I'm gonna holla at y'all, you know, and next episode dropping either later this week or top of next week. Alright, so y'all enjoy, let me know what y'all think but you know, this is gonna be the intro. Of course, it ain't mixed yet. You know, but it will be. So, but y'all check it out. Let me know what y'all think.
1: Yeah. Got a Hey, hey. hey. Tell them niggas that your boy already been on it. Real talk, I don't think them niggas really want it. It's that G shit. It's that G shit. Tell them niggas, yeah, I'm back. On my G shit. Tell them niggas that your boy already been on it. Real talk, I don't think them niggas really want it. It's that G shit. It's that G shit. Tell them niggas, yeah, I'm back. On my G shit. Yeah, I guess it's time for me to set the record straight Why? I know it's been a minute since my last big stage Had to fall back, had to get my shit straight It's now never in this game, so I got some moves to make Let's go. I can't expect a handout, I gotta get my own yeah. Don't need no suckers trying to down me, man, I'm full of I'm on another level, hell yeah, I'm in my zone, zone. I'm getting started, so you know I gotta set the tone <laughs> Do this for no niggas, ain't got shit to prove But I know them niggas watching all my fucking moves If you try to stop me, guarantee you will lose No, I ain't a stranger to this shit, I'm just paying my dues Tell them niggas that your boy already been on it Real talk, I don't think them niggas really want it This that G shit, it's that G shit Tell them niggas, yeah, I'm back on my G shit Tell them niggas that your boy already been on it Real talk, I don't think them niggas really want it It's that G shit, yeah. it's that G shit yeah. Tell them niggas, yeah, I'm back on my G shit